Welcome to the Amateur Milk Society, a podcast about the highs and lows of mothering in the modern age. We're your hosts, Rosie and Sinead, and we are just, just trying. trying. Join us on a journey from positive pregnancy tests through to school and beyond as we try to untangle all those complicated thoughts and feelings that come when you decide to push a baby out of your vagina. Other birthing methods are available. We are average, non-famous mums who live average, non-famous lives. Although if we get famous, we're not complaining. And we're going to start our own sad beige clothing range. Do you know what I mean by sad beige clothing range? I do, yeah. I'm so... You can probably tell right now, Sinead, because I'm wearing a frilly collar. Yeah. What I want from the sad beige, beige clothing range is sort of Amish lady, mother of 15, but also lives in Shoreditch. You know what I yeah. mean? We're yeah. going to go for all heavy cotton, linen, a very natural fibre, natural fibre, natural colours. I want like a baggy trouser. I want like big frills. I want padded gilets that you tie up with bows. Yeah. I want kind of... I don't think that's sad beige though. Okay, what would you call it? I couldn't think of another word to describe it. I really think that me and you... Although we both have like quite different style, hmm. we still like we kind of lean into the same air of like maximalism. Yeah. In yeah, different yeah, yeah, ways. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Like we both tend to I maybe me more than you, but like I tend to wear quite a lot of bright colour. Yeah. And like we both wear quite a lot of print. Yeah. And we like texture. And also, I think both of us... like visual interest in what we wear and what we put our children in as well. Yeah. And we like... This is what I like about the kind of sad, sad beige kind of clothing range. But the juxtaposition. So it's like, I want to wear like a massive frilly collar and really baggy... Like overly baggy trousers. But then like a proper kind of chavy trainer and a beanie yeah. hat. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like the, the, this is what I'm saying. Position. Amish lives in Shoreditch. Yeah. I want like a neon yellow beanie hat, but then the rest of me looks like I'm a milkmaid. Yeah. That. That's yeah. the kind of aesthetic I'm going for. That's what I want for our clothing range. That's what I want for our customer base. And I want us to have like a pop-up in Shoreditch, just like a small pop-up. I often think, you know, if money was no object, mm. I would love to own my own children's clothing shop oh yeah that would be because I, I love i love brightly colored kids mm. i love kids clothes yeah i hate kids clothes that look like they're trying to be adult clothes yeah 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 yeah. yeah. i like for darcy to dress like a child yeah. yeah 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 and i feel like she's getting to a really awkward age now where like what because she wants to make decisions and her decisions are wrong no, not necessarily. It's that's the problem to... I'm having. <laughs> Ramona's choosing clothes and she's like, come and help me choose clothes. And I'm like, do I have to? Because you'll choose the frozen dress again. And I hate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I do get that to some extent. But it's like you go into the shops now and like you've got spocked party dress mm. or crop top and leggings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. not yeah. ready for her to be yeah. crop top and leggings. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I would... Well, maybe we could have a partnership then. So I'll do the adult. I'll do the. I'll do the adult w women clothes, female clothes, and you can have the child clothes shop. Yeah. And they can be a shop. They can be like a, a one shop, but with two aesthetics. With a cafe in it. 
with a cafe in it, of course. And we were in that cafe, Sinead, because we're selling not sad, maybe not sad beige, maybe it would be happy beige clothing. <laughs> yeah, I think the, what you're talking about is more like Isn't a... It? There's a shot. Okay, so there's a there's a website called Damson and Madder. Oh my is god, that, that yes. is what I want. Yeah, for us, that's the I think that thing. that is that's not sad beige. Maybe. What is it? What is it? I think it's just like a like kind of quirky traditionalist, quirky tradi- traditionalist, but with like a pinch of maximalist in it. Yes, because I would dress. I would dress Darcy in if Damson Madder had a children's range. That is what I would dress. Yeah, yeah. That's what I want to dress myself in. Yeah, I would suggest at this point that any single father listening to this thinks we are speaking in tongues. Yeah, <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? But it's very important. Um, yeah. So if we have like the Dam- Damson and Madder, you know, we could call it the Johnson and O'Sullivan or something, right? <laughs> Range. We'd have our own little pop-up shop with cafe. That cafe would serve lattes in cups that don't have handles. Yes. That's the sort of cafe it'd be, yeah. isn't it? And it would also be the sort of cafe where you go to order your coffee and they ask, ask you which sort of ground coffee you want. Yeah. Oh, we've got two options. We've got this one and this one. And, and I'm like, oh, I don't fucking know. I just want coffee. What milk do you want? What milk do you want? And so they do this at Eco Village in Market Harbour where I sell my stuff, which is very clever, a very clever thing, because they say, would you like oat milk or cow's milk? So they start with the oat milk mm. because they're... Their, their emphasis on is obviously on like you know environmentally friendly vegan aesthetics things like that so you start with oat milk yeah. and then you say cow's milk and then you can have the shameful cow milk then you, you shamefully have to say i'll have i'll have milk from a cow please so yeah we would do all the different milk options cups with no handles and we'd have the adult range the children's range mm-hmm. you know what and in my in my imaginary children's clothes shop of dreams, I would also have a whole section that was like pre-loved. Yeah, of course. So you could pre-loved bring in reworked. Yeah, upcycled in like bags full of your kids' old clothes, mm-hmm. and then be given vouchers to buy other stuff. Yeah. So that is what I would do if money was no object. If money was no object, because unfortunately money is an object, and there's literally no way that we could afford to rent a space that would do such a thing. No. Because um, maybe one day when this podcast is wildly successful. When this podcast is widely widely successful, or there's not like a housing or cost of living crisis, and people can actually afford to rent things to make businesses work, instead of just crawling through the streets looking for scraps of food when they've got normal jobs. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't think I'd start complaining about the government this early on, but here we are. <laughs> um, what is your week in one sentence, please, Sinead? My week in a sentence is that routines really do save lives. They really do save lives. Yeah. They really do. Like, I've noticed, since Darcy went back to school on Monday, mm. I've noticed unbelievable change in her behaviour, yeah. her attitude. Like, there were still, like, Kinks that need to be worked out. Oh yeah, sure. Um, first week back because she's just settling back in. Like yeah. she's not going to bed properly, and like there, there are still some little kicking attitude off about, problems. Kicking off about food, I'm finding as well because they've been like eating weirdly over Christmas, mm. and so like they go back to school. They're trying get to sell back. her into the fact that she cannot just eat fistfuls of chocolate yeah, yeah, yeah. 24 7 yeah, yeah. was more difficult than i thought it would be <laughs> well it would be wouldn't it i like eating fistfuls of chocolate <laughs> to be honest um, yeah routine i think the, the problem is 
it's really hard to create a routine when the kids are off school, isn't it? Yeah. How do you even do that? But well, you can't really because their routine is like is the fact that they they get up, they go to school, and their their days are structured like that. Whereas there's no point trying to create a routine when they're off school. Yeah. Because then that routine will have to be broken when they go back to school. Mm. So we in the holidays are just very kind of like whatever whatever go with the flow yeah kind of thing yeah i think that's what we realized with our kind of meltdown of the first meltdown of 2024 (laughs) starting on the 1st of january is that we have to be with ramona especially is that if you're too specific about the routine then that's when she goes wrong because if that routine slightly changes yeah no deviation yeah so instead of being like we're gonna go to this place tomorrow like we're gonna go to this cafe yeah it might be like we might go to a cafe or maybe we'll go to a shop yeah but not being specific about where it is or when it is well you have to do that as well yeah definitely we figured that one out a while ago where if we if we create specific expectations yeah and that's not exactly and that's not exactly what happens she goes west wild yeah Yeah, it's not it's not good Mm -mm. i do wonder like maybe i wonder if they're specific at school they surely they have to be specific about the like things that they're doing yeah but i don't know it's weird like they just don't i suppose they don't tolerate it with us because we are their mothers and we love them dearly so they can give us as much shit as they want. Mm-hmm. Don't even get me started. <laughs> we had enough of that last episode. We did. Um, my week in one sentence, Sinead, is a, a, an actual question to you. Mm-hmm. When do you think, or if if not when, has it already happened? When do you think Dave is going to seriously start worrying about the amount of true crime that I consume? It's, uh, it's a little bit. I think maybe Silly. when you start ordering poisons from the internet. Oh, I see. Like as if I'm watching it to get <laughs> ideas. Yeah. No, I'm just. Um. I. I think we've spoke about how it's like apparently women or females watching true crime is like a survival mechanism because they're sort of learning data and facts about how to be safe from predators. Yeah. But like, I'm just obsessed. I got a book for Christmas. Yeah. Uh, it's called Penance by an author called Eliza Clark. And I've not read it yet, but it kind of interrogates true crime in a way. It's a novel. Oh, okay. But it kind of interrogates the idea of why we interact so and why women specifically have such like an intimate relationship with true crime mm. media. Yeah. So when I've read that, I will get back. You can to tell you. me exactly yeah. what it is because I don't really know what it's like. I know that the reason I like to watch documentaries in the daytime when the kids are not in is because I don't have to invest in it, so I can switch off if I need to, so I can work while I'm watching them. Mm. I don't need to look up, I don't need to stare at it. Whereas I feel like with fiction, I do because it's like I'm invested in the story. Yeah, I yeah. have a similar thing with what rewatching things I've already watched. So if I need something on in the background, it'll invariably be like Grey's Anatomy or Call the Midwife or Gilmore Girls. Something that I find comforting to watch Mm. and have watched 
multiple times okay so you like to watch something because like when you want to switch off because it's comforting to you so why is it that i insist on watching things that are the complete opposite of comforting (laughs) this is what i can't get my head around i don't think i'm a particularly kind of like worrisome you know i'm not some kind of i don't think about crime a lot i don't worry about crime i don't worry about getting murdered but i'm obsessed with watching things about like stalkers and and women getting murdered and how the crime gets solved and I would like to know how mentally ill actually am I? <laughs> because it's insane. And now it's got to the point where I feel like I can't even put them on when Dave's there. So I, I save them until the days that he's not there, which is even worse because it's like I'm doing it in secret. I it's don't like I've got think... a secret hidden secret. Well, it's not secret because he can see that I've seen it on Netflix. <laughs> so like, oh, do you want to carry on watching I'm a Stalker, do you? No, because you're here. I want to do it in private. Well, I... I think it's normal. I think... If it wasn't common, mm, yeah, 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 it wouldn't be such a cultural. I'm not the only person that, yeah, yeah, every most most females are the same, right? Yeah, like, like yeah. I listen to, I, don't, I wouldn't say I watch that much true crime on the TV, but I don't watch that much TV. Mm, you listen to it though, yeah. I listen to several different true crime podcasts regularly. Did you watch that? Um, the totally different line of thought here, but did you watch that uncanny thing? No, iPlayer. So Uncanny is a podcast. It's a paranormal podcast. But there was a series. It was like a four part series where they like and sort of like uh, delved into some like ghost stories or people that have had like ghost shit happen to them. Yeah, and they have like they have experts on it from, from both sides. So they have skeptics and people who believe, and then they try and kind of unfold like how believable it really is and whether it actually happened. Mm. What's your take on that sort of thing? Because uh, I. Love watching stuff like that as well, even though it scares me senseless. It would scare me shitless. It's something that I've not really been, not really engaged with too much. Have you ever seen a ghost? No. No. I feel like I've felt a ghost, Mm. but I've never seen a ghost. Okay. I don't know if ghosts are, like, corporeal. I don't think, I don't know if you, I don't know if I would ever physically see a ghost because i think logically i know that ghosts don't really exist well i don't think ghosts really but exist I think, but i've seen a ghost and i also definitely have been in a haunted house i think the idea of a ghost is very very real mm. but i think ghosts are much more to do with yourself and your emotions than like physically there is a, a pr- the presence of another being there can be like the psychic presence of your own memories of that person. Oh, mate. Do you also think that the reason I've decided to start talking about ghosts is because the music out there has taken a real dark metal turn? <laughs> yeah. It's it's very kind of like, I feel like I'm in like a, a, a goth club. Yes. Is that why I'm talking about ghosts? Yeah, I feel like I'm in a goth club that's in the basement. In the basement and we might not get out alive. Did I tell you about the time... Um, let's say about the time that i used to go to these club nights a a mansion that was that was run by squatters yes and the girls toilets didn't have lights in and a guy in a boiler suit and a wolf mask offered me cocaine did i say about that you have told me about that yeah Yeah. that was wild um okay well that took a turn didn't it Mm. i mean i don't think we need to talk about ghosts anymore really i just think i've been i've been watching a lot of true crime watching a lot of spooky shit and you know it's just stuff i like to think about you know, yeah. I like, I don't like, be, I can't watch um, paranormal films. 
because they they stop me from sleeping. Yeah. Anything that's like real life, I can watch. That's yeah. Weird, isn't it? Mm, that is weird. But I think it's because of the whole like the build up in films and stuff really get to me. Yeah. Like I said to you earlier, we watched The Sister, which is like a crime thriller that's spooky. And it got my heart, like my heart was going and I was like, I couldn't think, I was like, I was all a, all a, all a skew I was today. There was, yeah. was not right. <laughs> but if I'm watching like a program about like actual real life killers being interviewed in prison, I'm like, give me more. Yeah. Weird. Weird. I think maybe as well, like they're being interviewed in prison, you know, they've been caught, you know, they're in prison. Yeah. But what about the ones where it's like, oh. Here's an hour and a half documentary about a woman who was killed and we never found the killer. Those ones. Love them ones. <laughs> they're my specific favourites, actually. <laughs> yeah. They're my favourites. Because there goes your fucking theory, Sinead. I know. Oh, God. How are you, anyway? Oh, I'm all right. Good. What are we going I'm to talk in. What are we going to talk about today? Uh, I think this subject for this week's podcast is quite uh, on the nose. Apt. <clears throat> it's very apt. It's, it's very, very topical. Very topical. Very telling. Yeah, very telling. Yes. Uh, we're going to be talking about burnout today, and I guess more generally. What Ooh. the fuck is happening outside? I should not have mentioned ghosts. <laughs> Then we'll come out. Uh, there is actually a ghost that lives in our recording studio, but that's well, a story for another day. We've been reliably informed he's a real man, but I'm <laughs> still not convinced. <laughs> we've been reliably informed by people from different establishments. <laughs> it all works out. Yeah. We've all said, yes, no, he is a real person, and we still don't believe it. <laughs> we're like, no, no, ghost. Definitely a ghost. Yes, we're uh, going to be talking about burnout. Yes, and more generally, just like the mental load of being a mother. Mm-hmm. Because we're, I think we're both burnt out. <laughs> we're both, we're both <laughs> extremely burnt out. Um, and also, I feel like we've just come out of a season where the mental load that we do have yes. is like massively exacerbate, exacerbated. Yeah. Which, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Contributes to more burnout. Yeah, it does. And and you this is this I and I did mention this in the last episode, is that kind of like idea that Christmas Christmas time is a celebration. So it's about over consuming, indulging, yeah. having a really lovely time. And then when that doesn't actually well, first of all, overindulging, over consuming and celebrating in itself is quite tiring. Yeah, and also it? as a mother, you're expected to be the one that's facilitating all of this. Yeah, so, you, so you're, you're cooking trying the to food enjoy yourself, yeah. and doing it for everyone else. Yeah, as well. you're cooking the food that's being overconsumed. You are oh, um, buying the gifts that are. Yeah, I just, I just wanted to make it very, very clear to everyone so that no one who knows me isn't screaming at me <laughs> over the, over the, over the speakers that I don't do the cooking. <laughs> just, just to be clear, when we're talking about like the the mother load. And all those extra things that we do. I mean, I do share the cooking with Dave, but I don't do any fucking cooking at Christmas. <laughs> Not one bit. But anyway, yes, the point is all of those things that are expected, all of those extra things that are expected of us. Yeah. And it's like, I think this year has been a real, because the, the Christmases before this one have been different because their kids were younger. And so we were mm-hmm. basically just getting through it because we've got yeah. young kids and that's quite hard in itself. And it's just like, we've just got to power through. And I don't, I think maybe now we're not expected to do quite as much in the sense that, oh, you've got little kids, you're not expected to do too much. But now they're, it felt like this is the first year it's like where you've really got to provide. You've really got to like get the right sort of presents. Everything's got to be immaculate. And also you've got to be immaculate. 
Yeah. I felt this year, and I don't know if it was from anybody in particular, it was more kind of something I've put on myself and societally, mm. but like not only have I got to provide the best presents, make sure everything's done and sorted and ready to go, but I also felt like I had to be put together. Yes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel the same. But to be fair, like I've felt like ever since I had Darcy, I've always felt like I need to have needed to be more like look more put together than maybe other people felt the pressure to because mm-hmm. I was I have always been very aware being a single mum that like there are certain stereotypes and yeah. certain things that people assume mm. about a single mom you're kind of like is it like you're overcompensating for the portrayal of the single mom going to tesco in her pajamas yeah and you're doing so that i will do the opposite of that yeah so for like any social event i'll be like well i have to look immaculate mm. darcy has to look immaculate yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? or like you know you come to a very middle of the road quite I don't want to insult this place, but, you know, it's not the fanciest of recording studios and yet you you seem to have come as a mob wife. (laughs) Uh, For context, everyone, I am sat in our studio, which I will provide for you on social media a tour of the room we record in. It literally is a cave. Yeah, yeah. it literally Uh, is. I'm wearing a leopard print fur coat. Yeah, and you showed up in your leopard print fur coat and massive sunglasses and (laughs) slip back ponytail and gold hoops. Yes, we are the most fabulous people in this building (laughs) by a mile. By a mile. Um, But yeah, I think I always felt, especially around like Christmas or any kind of like time when there's going to be photos taken and judgments made, I always felt that pressure to be like, or you think that I'm going to show up looking like shit, so I'm going to show up looking like... A million dollars. Nearly. But yeah, you, I know Maybe you mean. Maybe 70 quid. 70 quid. It's max. I mean, that's more than most people, right? <laughs> it's fine. And yeah. it's only recently that I've felt like more comfortable and confident in myself mm. and my parenting to like visually look like shit. And like put put out images of myself looking like shit yeah i think this is like a major actually like a major paradox with christmas yeah christmas day is a day that you spend with your family mainly like stereotypically you spend that day with your family eating and drinking yeah so like most i would say most men are like i know that the males in my family will joke about the fact that they're you know going to wear clothes that means they can fit more food into their stomach and shovel Mm. more food down their throat right because that's what it's about and yet this is where the paradox comes into play with christmas what has this got to do with burnout i'm sure it will make sense (laughs) soon but the paradox is then what are you gonna wear for christmas day and the idea is that you dress up and you put more makeup on you wear nice glamorous clothes why why am i dressing up for my family who love me unconditionally (laughs) and i'm gonna sit with them and shovel food down me for the whole day why do i need to dress up for that but that's kind of the thing isn't it it's like you're celebrating so you dress up and you 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 know make an effort yeah you make an effort for that I have to say, I like, I like getting dressed upon Christmas. Me too. Me too. Like, there are a lot of people that love to spend the day, the Christmas day in their Christmas jammies. Yeah. And that's fine. I like putting a fancy dress on. I like, I like a red lip on Christmas. Doing more, doing more makeup than usual. Yeah. And a nicer perfume, like a stronger perfume I'd go for. Yeah. 
I just think um, it's just another level of pressure that we put onto ourselves. Oh, yeah, no one's expecting me to wear the fancy dress. Like, no. no one wants me to. But you feel like, yeah, it's like a presentable thing, isn't it? Yeah. And I the kids like... as well. You put the kids, oh, well, what were you going to I said to the girls yeah. this year, I said, I haven't got a Christmas outfit for both of you. What are we going to do? Mm. And in my head, I'm going, do I need to buy them a Christmas outfit? And I'm like, that's insane. They've got yeah. so many clothes. I don't need to buy a specific outfit for one day. Yeah. And then Ramona said to me, I want to wear that red velvet dress. And I said, the red, the red velvet dress that you wore when you were three, I'm so sorry, darling, that doesn't fit you anymore. <laughs> oh, but that's my favourite Christmas dress. Yes, but it's for a three-year-old. I'm very sorry. But yeah, it's a lot, isn't it? It's very yeah. overwhelming. I think we've gone on a bit of a tangent there. We have. So, we to, have. so to redirect on. But that's why, that's where the tan- the reason that that tangent came into play is because the reason we want to talk about burnout this week is because we were burnt out by Christmas. Yeah. And Christmas isn't supposed to, Christmas is supposed to be a celebration. We were not, we, we did celebrate, but we also got burnt out by it. Yeah. And it's just questioning like how easy it is to get burnt out these days, especially when you're a, parent yeah i think as well like a lot of people think of burnout in the context of like work yeah like you get burnt out from work and therefore spending time with your family is supposed to recuperate you in some way if you say i think i'm hitting burnout most people will reply you're working too hard yeah that's the answer isn't it or you're working too hard and never is it considered as like you're parenting too hard yeah or you're yeah. just like existing too hard yeah i'm just simply existing too hard and now i'm burnt out but like the, those different types of burnout and mm. sometimes you hit them all at the same time yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. like you've got you can get burnt out from your job yeah you can definitely get burnt out from parenting oh mama yes you, you can. can get digitally burnt out which is something else that we've spoken about yeah, today yeah, yeah. yeah um that's like a point that we both hit just after because we did so much social media stuff just before the show that once the show was done we fell off the face of the planet yeah 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 none of us like neither of us wanted like we weren't mentally in a position to post pictures on like instagram Mm. and for those for people who don't like use instagram or facebook for for business purposes and they just post pictures like posting on social media to gain something for your business yeah is really fucking draining yeah it takes so much time if i ever had to make a reel for something for like work that's half of my day gone that's like half of my working day that's a lot of time yeah just for something that maybe not a lot of people will see and that lasts for 30 seconds Uh uh-huh you'll do something you'll post something that's a minute long and then you look at your stats and it's like average watch time eight seconds yeah. And you're like, I've just spent four hours on something that people are prepared to look at for eight seconds. Yeah. And so that in itself can cause burnout because that's really depressing. Yeah. Doing it is is <laughs> burning outy enough as it's in itself. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. There's so many different types of burnout. And like maybe maybe speaking about digital burnout is one that most people can like like comprehend. Yeah. Cause I think you don't have to like do social media for your job or like use it to promote a business or you don't have to use it in any kind of like professional capacity or any capacity that requires like particularly high level of effort from you Hmm. you can be digitally burnt out just from zoom scrolling just looking like sometimes i look on my feed and every single thing i read is so fucking depressing yeah that it 
it makes me want to throw my phone into the sea. It also makes me want to never remove my phone out of my hand again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I can't imagine, and we're only we're probably only going to just sort of start learning this because social media is so new to us, what that's actually doing to your brain. Yeah. Like, what is actually happening in your brain while you're doing that? Yeah, what are the chemical processes that's happening? Because, like, for example, I will go onto Instagram and I'll see so many amazing people mm. posting about like what's going on in the middle east yeah and palestine and things like that and then that sucks me into reading about it because i want to understand it more deeply and then i feel awful because i'm not posting about it and i but then i also am like is my voice necessary in that conversation yeah yeah but that's it's such um that's such a moral dilemma like from something so tiny You've seen a couple of things on your small screen mm-hmm. and then that's created a moral dilemma, which is happening to all of us. Like we're all thinking it, aren't we? We're all being like, how much should I be posting about Palestine? What should I be saying? What can I do to make it better? Yeah. The answer is I don't fucking know. Yeah. But I'm in this cycle of worry about it mm-hmm. and I don't know the answer because I've not got an expert explicitly telling me what I should do about it. Yeah. And like I in the last few weeks have been thinking a lot about have you seen Fleabag yes that monologue that she gives in Fleabag when she she wants she wants someone to tell her what to eat what to wear what to believe in yeah 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 I've been feeling like that I know why you like that bit it's because the end of that bit isn't it (laughs) it's because the end of that scene Let's just have a moment to remember all of that bit of that, just from that point onwards in that series. Rosie, the fact that I want to fuck a priest is irrelevant. Nothing to do with Andrew Scott at all. This moment in time. <laughs> His name's Andrew Scott, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Whew. Yes, yeah. It's not relevant to our talk about burnout. So I yes have been so burnt out that I just sometimes think, I'm incapable of forming my own opinions and of like thinking my own thoughts because I keep saying things and you say the exact same thing at the same time. And I'm like, can I think? Can I think? <laughs> what's can the, I? what's that? Um, you are, you, I are my, so no, can not, you think? No, I cannot. Can, you, you think, can I? I can't remember. It's a quote. It's a quote. It's like a really, arty quote that people oh christ we've both hit burnout okay so at this point let me ask you this we we've kind of touched upon the different types of burnout which we can maybe delve into a little bit what what would you say are your most obvious symptoms of burnout that make you real because it often happens to me Sometimes it will like happen over a period of time. You know, I'm going to hit burnout if I carry on. I'm going to hit burnout if I carry on, but I've got to do Sometimes this. Sometimes it just hits you. Like Sometimes it smashes you in the face and you're like, fuck. So yeah. what are your like, what are your symptoms? What are my symptoms? One of them is I start to become really unresponsive to people like messaging me. Me too. Uh, I noticed that. <laughs> maybe slightly. <laughs> Another is. Why? Why? Because I want to, I want to know about this. Because I do it too, and I'd like to know why we do it. For me, it feels like another admin task that I have to do, mm-hmm. and I really hate, like, because I really, really value. I think we all do, but I really, really value my friendships, and I really like take maintaining my friendships seriously. Uh-huh. So when I'm in that headspace where I'm not replying to people or not replying to people on time and things like that, that then makes me spiral even worse because I'm like. 
I'm a shit friend because I'm not giving my friend. Even though mm. my friends are literally just bombarding me with memes. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like yeah. I haven't shown appropriate enthusiasm for all the TikToks my friend has sent me. All 35 TikToks my friend has sent me in the last 24 hours. I'm a shit friend and a shit person. So it is, it's, okay, same for me. So it's for me, it's like I don't want to burden people with my sad face. Mm. So it's like, I'm just going to simply cease to exist for a bit. Because if I reply to you, then that reply is going to be substandard. It's probably going to be me complaining. And I don't want to know how... I don't want my friends to know how much I'm struggling. Or if they do know that I'm struggling, I'd rather not bombard them with it. Mm. So I would rather just struggle on my own and be like, you guys crack on with your lives. You don't know. You don't need me to bring you down. Mm. so it's like when my when i was like struggling over christmas one of my friends in our group chat was like are you okay rosie like how have you been because i didn't get to see them over christmas because i was ill and i was just like i'm having one of the worst weeks of my life but you guys don't need to worry about it and i'll speak to you about it soon laughy laughy face (laughs) (laughs) isn't that funny i'm not going to reply to any of your messages now goodbye yeah Another thing for me is like a massive uptick in like negative self-talk. Yeah, I think I just kind of glossed over that. I'm like telling myself that I'm a terrible person. Yeah. Terrible, unmotivated, no work ethic, lazy. Yeah. No one wants to spend time with me. Nobody likes me. Yeah. I'm ugly. And especially over Christmas, like that kind of hit record highs because... I've been eating lots of shit food. My skin looks awful. Again. I'm bloated. I feel awful. The Christmas paradox, it appears again, even though it was a tangent, it's still applicable because you're supposed to be having a great time and looking great in your best clothes, gorgeous dresses, glitter, beautiful makeup. You're eating like Henry VIII. (laughs) Yeah. Drinking like a fish. Drinking like Shane McGowan. It is also winter. So of course we look fucking terrible because it's literally the worst time of it. Like we do, we we're punishing ourselves, like punishing our bodies with food and drink, mm-hmm. and then we we expect ourselves to look absolutely the best that we can, and then we look in the mirror and go, "What's wrong with me? Why do I look awful?" Yeah, well maybe it's because we've been eating lamb for six days straight. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's the thing. It's like that kind of cycle. And it starts with that, doesn't it? All of those kind of thoughts in your head. Like, I'm not going to... And then, like, that spirals to then there being no desire to look after myself. Yeah. What's the point? If I look so shit at Christmas, why on earth would I continue to look after myself? Like, oh, I am so ugly that I do not deserve to wash my own face. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. And And then it just, like... And I think that also goes back to me being so, so sleepy. So, so sleepy. I'm when I'm burnt out. I want to just pretend that I don't exist, and that's why yeah. I'm so so sleepy. So so sleepy. Um, I I when you said then about the like, oh, I, I'm I'm so ugly. I don't deserve to wash my face. There was one day in the holidays where I opened my drawer, and there was like a there was like a two top combo I'd been wearing. It's like a long sleeve top and a short sleeve top. Um, much like um a member of Alien Ant Farm. If you remember yeah, them, or the, the new metal days, or the Chris Martin special. Chris Martin special. Let's call it that. And I'd been wearing it for a few days straight, but it wasn't like because I'm been doing fuck all and not going out <laughs> i didn't need to put it in the wash and i remember thinking to myself like i might as well wear this for a fourth day in the row in a row why why wouldn't i 
There's no point in putting anything nice on. I don't deserve to I don't wear deserve, a clothes. I don't deserve to wear a nicer T-shirt. I'm going with the Chris Martin combo for the fourth day because what is the point? Yeah. What is the point? And as well, like that, again, going back to the slick, pa- slick back ponytail, I've not washed my hair and like actually doing the maths. I don't think I've washed my hair since New Year's Eve. Mm. It is now the 14th of January. 14th. I think that's fine. I, I mean, I'm really like, <clears throat> I'm really... I'm very clear on the amount that I wash and it's not very much. (laughs) I don't like washing my hair very much. I don't really like washing in general. I think it's a bit of a chore. So I'm quite happy for you to have not washed your hair in 14 days. I think that's absolutely fine. And and it's because like... But it's how you feel about it. That's what we're talking about, right? It's It's the feeling of like, I don't deserve this and I don't deserve that. And maybe that's like, I think that's quite a poignant point about burnout because burnout is kind of talked about as a thing where it's like you are physically you're physically stressed and like not able to do stuff mm. when actually there's quite a lot going on mentally I think it's more mental than it's it a is mental physical. it's a mental battle and it's when you start being unkind to yourself and then that cycle of kind of like I'm not going to be kind to myself and I'm not going to do anything you know what I mean it's all of that stuff yeah that actually is much worse than the kind of physical symptoms of burnout because the physical symptoms of burnout are like you're just so so sleepy yeah, so right? you're knackered you can't get out of bed you don't want to do anything but it's all that shit in your brain telling you you're awful that's making it worse yeah I'd never forget and I always take this with me and I always think about it when I'm hitting burnout but I still allow myself to get burnt out because I'm stupid <laughs> is my person, my old personal trainer, Umar, who, but big shout out to him. I don't think he listens, but he is an amazing man. Uh, he is an incredible personal trainer. If you're looking for a personal trainer in the Leicester area, his name is Umar Malik, U-M-A-R-M-A-L-I-K, and he's fucking incredible. And he always said to me, if you don't choose a rest day, your body will choose it for you. Mm. And I've tried to apply that to like everyday life. Yeah, I but I failing at it. I didn't choose but... a rest day over Christmas, so my body has decided January is a rest month. Yeah, well, exactly. That is the point he's making. If you don't choose days to stop and rest and recoup and rethink, then your body will choose probably a whole month for you. Yeah, because you've pushed it to its limits. And I think that's a really good thing to sort of take for any any walk of life whether it's physical mental yeah. workload the whole thing and i don't listen to myself at all i'm being all preachy about how you should give yourself rest yeah and i'm literally the worst person in the world for it again like i said in the brochure for our live show mm. it's very funny actually that i give advice for a living <laughs> <laughs> because i have never once taken any advice ever yeah they say that there's that saying isn't there like is would you ever talk to your friends the way you talk to yourself? Obviously not. No, because I talk to my if I talk to my friends, I would have friends. I talk to myself like shit. Okay, let's talk about the burnout of parenting specifically because we are the amateur Mill society, right? Yeah. So we've spoken <laughs> a lot about like the Christmas period is obviously a good time to talk about burnout and digital burnout. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets it. But parenting burnout is a whole new kettle of fish because you still got a fucking parent. Yeah. I think that's the thing, isn't it? So for any other, so for digital burnout, you can just remove your phone. Yeah. For, if you you're burnt out from your, from work. <coughs> if you've got a, di- 
you've got a decent employer, then they will actually help you with that. Yeah, or you give can you time off. Yeah, or you can take some time off, like sick with stress or whatever, mm. and give yourself a little bit of time to remove yourself from the situation and just like decompress a bit. Parenting doesn't stop ever. No, no, there is no way that you can remove yourself for for a day, two days, maybe four days. If you should need a well, routine, get, you go on holiday. You get yourself to the Hotel Esteval for four days. That <laughs> that was definitely a good recoup from burnout, yeah, wasn't it? It really was. But even then, it's like you still have. To, you still. Oh God, I'm just thinking now about like how overwhelming it is looking after kids and things happening so like christmas for example like the illness all those things and it's like something will happen like being sick in the pigs and blanket aisle all over the floor and you think fuck this is a new low i can't believe i'm surviving through this and then you're like this There's is always the worst. a new low always a new low every single few days something will happen and you're like it couldn't get any worse and then when you finally do hit burnout it continues yeah and i don't know i don't know if i've really figured out how you how you get over it I I honestly don't think that you can. You just have to you just have to sit tight and wait for a time where it's not going to be so shit and difficult. There's just no respite, is there? No. The only thing, like for me sometimes, I'm lucky enough to have quite a big family and I'm lucky enough to have several people that I trust enough to leave Darcy with. Mm. So yeah. whether that's me removing myself from my house and Darcy spending some one-on-one time with my parents yeah. or Darcy going to my Nana's house mm-hmm. or to stay with someone else in my family that she's happy to go. Yeah. Sometimes then I'll have like big plans to like do a big clear out of my wardrobe or like I want to go out and have fun. But then that's not solving the burnout, Sinead. You should just lie in bed. But then, yeah, I end up lying in bed. And then I feel worse because I've wasted the time that I had away from her. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's that's part of burnout, I think. Because this, this is why I'm so pissed off about Christmas being shit. Because I gave myself those, I gave myself two weeks off. Mm. And I was like, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to do any work. On the days where I go to people's houses to celebrate, I'm going to have a fucking good time and drink loads of booze. Yeah. And on the days where I'm not doing that, I'm going to sit on the sofa like a slob and do nothing. And that is acceptable. And that is absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And yet, you still feel guilty about doing it. Yeah. The whole, any of the the days that I was actually unwell and actually couldn't get out of bed and was just lying about because I couldn't do anything, I was like, what work can I do from bed? Yeah, the whole time I was going, what can I do? What what do what jobs do I need to do that I could do on my iPad? Mm-hmm. What computer work could I do? Is there any drawing I could do in bed? And like that's what burnout is is your is your brain doing that the whole time, and you're like yeah. you physically can't do anything. You know, sometimes I think the only real lasting cure for burnout would be to have a lobotomy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, remove remove all of it from my brain, please. Like, I don't want to have to think yeah. anymore. Like yeah. that's why I've taken January to so I woke up on New Year's Day viciously hungover. And You had a word with yourself. I had a word with myself. <laughs> I was just like, you know what, you just need to stop being such a dick. <laughs> that's it, yeah. 
what's your New Year's resolution? I've just decided I'm going to stop being a dick. And then I was like, right, I'm going to, I'm going to change all these things about myself. I'm going to be a good person in 2024. I've decided I'm going to be good. I'm going to be a good one. And then I was so, I went back to work on the Tuesday and I was just so like, <laughs> I hadn't worked since be- like just before Christmas and I'd f- completely forgotten how to do my job. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I, can't, I I need to put all of these like big delusions of like transforming myself into a good and worthwhile member of society yeah. on the back burner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because actually what I need to do is crawl Just back under my duvet and yeah. marinate there for the rest of yeah. the month. Yeah. But that's the problem, isn't it? It's like you have all these all these things that you want to do to better yourself or even if it's not to better yourself but just to like better your your mental health mm. or your wellness and they all have to take a back burner because the second you go you go right I'm going to do I'm going to do this for myself do you know what I might do I might start meditating maybe I'll start having just a few moments and then the day that you decide you're going to start meditating is the day that your child decides to throw up every single hour or yeah. the day that you decide to do this for yourself I'm going to start exercising today I'm going to go for a run and the day you decide to go for a run is the day that like something happens at school and you, you fall over and break like, your leg yeah but it's like it's 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 never ending it is never ending. so you don't get a chance to actually make true on any of those things you wanted to do to for yourself and then, and then you feel worse about it. you yeah. feel guilty about it it's a vicious cycle because then you feel worse you feel worse you feel guilty that you've not done any of those things but unreliable for not keeping promises to yourself yeah and it's like the only way i'm going to keep those promises to myself is if i just decide never to sleep i tell you what i'll do i'll do all my parenting and all my work in the daytime and then when everybody else is asleep i'll work on myself yeah yeah that's it isn't it and then as soon as the kids wake up right come on then parenting time and sometimes i'm just like for example on Friday, before before school, so and we Darcy hasn't even been getting up particularly early. So from seven forty five mm. until eight thirty five, when we leave for school, Darcy must have said the word "mummy" four thousand times <laughs> at least. Yeah, at least. Yeah, and I hate like I feel like I'm turning into my own mum whenever I think it. But I'm like, I'm going to change my name. <laughs> I, don't, I don't ever want to be referred to as mummy yeah. ever again and i just think like i've given you so much like mm. i give her like sometimes it i almost feel like i'm still pregnant with her like she mm. is still robbing me of all of my nutrients yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah because i feel like i give her every everything that i am and yeah, I give her, and yeah, it's still not enough. It's still, but it's still not enough for her. You feel, but also you feel like it's not enough for you. Do you feel like I feel yeah. like I give every everything that I can, and I'm still not good enough? Yeah, because yeah. I still complain to myself, or like I should have played with her for longer, or I should have been more present. I was I on my phone for too long. Should have been more patient. I was too busy working today. I didn't too give her snappy. enough. Too snappy. Didn't give her enough attention. Spent too much time in the kitchen. All of those things. And so then when they do kick off, you're immediately on edge. Yeah. And so you just feel like you're constantly a shit parent. Yeah. All of the time. Yeah, yeah. But it's because you're always in that level, that state of kind of like burnout slash stress. Yeah. Anxiety all of the time. 
Yeah, it's yeah. horrible. It's really horrible. And these few weeks that they've been off school has really nailed that home to me. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to... Well, the first thing I was going to say is this very morning. This very morning, Ramona and Lola were upstairs on their own. This never happens, by the way, because they refuse to play together or upstairs. So <laughs> I'm literally with them all of the time. And Ramona from upstairs, Mummy! 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 About 4,000 times. She was looking for a small unicorn bag, right? And I was like, have you looked in that bag under the bed, where I think it is? Yeah, it's not in there. Mummy, can you come and look for it? Mummy, I can't find it. Where is it? Guess where it was? In the bag under the bed? In the bag under the bed. Yeah, of course it was. Um, Okay, so my question to you is, what do you think you... Like, can you think of any, like, positive... Positive ways that you deal with burnout in front of your kid? Do you know what I mean? Like, ways that... Because I, I feel constantly guilty that I'm dealing with it badly in front of them. Yeah. But there are like a couple of like glimmers of hope. Like, for example, uh, you know, I, I've read that it is really good to show your children emotions. So like, mm-hmm. I think most of our parents and like generations before us would hide away their emotions. Yeah. Whereas I'm quite happy to cry in front of my kids. Yeah. And be like, I'm actually very sad at the minute. Yeah, I think... I don't know if it's good or bad, but I think I'm aware of what I need in certain situations. So sometimes I need to be physically present with her Mm -hmm. and I need her to give me a cuddle and then I will ask her to give me a cuddle and that will make me feel a bit better. But it depends. Like If I'm at like the sad stage of burnout, I want her to give me a cuddle. Mm. If I'm at the furious at the world stage yeah i need to remove myself and something that i'm quite proud of myself for is explaining to her that i'm feeling really overwhelmed yeah and like of course i love her i don't want her climbing all over me at the minute yeah yeah and i think it's really healthy that i am expressing those boundaries to her yeah definitely really good in a way yeah i had to when ramona was having i mean don't don't get me wrong sometimes i am just like get off me oh yeah 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 of course but then other times i'm like i just feel really overwhelmed Mm -hmm. i just need a minute i'm going to take 10 minutes i'm going to go and sit upstairs by myself and i just don't want you to climb all over me yeah and that's what i do and then then that's like the example that's what i want to do more more often than not, she's climbing on me and I'm like, get off! Yeah, get off me right now! Yeah, me too. I'm exactly the same. But I think what's most important is there are a handful of times that you do do it properly and that's important. Yeah. And the fact that you do do them, if, like, if, you, if most of the time you're shouting, that's fine, you can't help it, right? But if that's what I keep thinking. Like, there's a few occasions where I've actually explained myself properly and I've been really good at describing my feelings and also describing her feelings like talking to her about her feelings yes when she was having her week of demonic tantrums there was one dinner time when she was kicking off about something and it was her it was her being self-aware that snapped me out of my like flight or fight flight or fight mode because she said i just feel angry and yes. I was like, the fact that she was aware enough of her emotions to instead of just, I mean, she was kicking off and she was starting to have a tantrum, 
And I don't know what it is that I said to her, but she just went, I just feel angry. And that gave me enough kind of of her kind of self-awareness to go, that's fine. You're allowed to feel angry. And I said, just please don't just not be angry at me. Well, I said, but I said to her, I was like, I feel angry. I feel angry right now because of the way you're talking to me. Yeah. I'm not telling you not to feel angry because we all feel angry sometimes. It's just that when you scream at me, it doesn't feel very nice. And I said, if you want to go and feel angry some other way, that's totally fine. Would you like to go over to the sofa and punch that cushion? Go and hit that cushion if you want, if that will help. But shouting at me is going to make me feel angry. And if we're both angry, then we're not going to have a very nice time. And then you're able to like actually have a conversation about it. But I think the problem is, especially when you're hitting burnout a lot of the time, is that that kind of response doesn't often happen. Oh, no. No. Because I it's... haven't got the... I literally don't have the patience or the mental capacity. I just yeah. lo- I just like... I just want to melt into the floorboards and just not <laughs> exist. Yeah. I think as well, especially with parenting, it's so difficult to be the per- the, the parent that you want to be. Yeah. In the situations that you are presented with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. I want to be, like, calm and, like, gentle and all of those other things and rational and... Empathetic. Yeah, and and just have endless time and patience to spend on her and, like, nurturing and all these other things. But in the situations that I find myself in where she's being a dick... And I am also being a dick. Dick. It's just impossible. It really is. So impossible. And I honestly, there are, and we'll speak about coping mechanisms in a minute, but I feel like there's no cure for this because we have, there are much higher expectations on us as parents in this generation than I think there ever were before. Yeah. You're so, yeah. Because not only are you having to be a good parent, you are having to perform good parenting for people on social media and in real life. And you also have the awareness that if you, you can like mentally fuck your child up really quite severely, yeah. then you have the pressure of not doing that. You know? um, I sorry, I, I I was just looking for this screenshot that I found that really kind of, it, it's kind of relevant, but it just made me think of it when you were talking about that. It says, in the absence of this fucking village we've all heard so much about, it is okay to rely on screens. <laughs> yeah, and I think that like kind of encompasses that like, what you're saying about what's expected of us, and it's like, and also what's expected of us when we've been parented in a certain way. Yeah, really hard to not just lose your shit. Yeah, because it was. A, that's what's been modelled to us. We, what's been modelled to us is that our parents are allowed to lose our shit with us, and we're supposed to behave. And now we're being told that actually, no, that's probably not very good for your children. You should <laughs> be a bit more sympathetic and understanding as a model. But how am I supposed to model that if all I've ever known is just like, you know, authority? Yeah, I'm or- not saying that my parents were like fucking drilled sergeants or anything. Yeah, it's just that kind of general. We're in charge. We make the decisions for you. You adhere to those decisions. If you kick off about it, probably piss us off. Yeah. And we're not allowed to be pissed off. We're not allowed to be pissed off with our kids for kicking off. No. But it really pisses me off. (laughs) 
because the things that they kick off about are insane. Yeah, ridiculous. I'm trying to think. I'm wondering if we could list some of the some of the starting points of tantrums to, in the last few weeks, and we let's see how much it they are. So many clothing related tantrums. So, yes, ours will be hair um, washed. Having her hair washed. Yeah. Having her hair brushed. Me explaining to her that if she's wearing tight trousers, she shouldn't tuck her top in. Mm. Like, if she's wearing leggings, you don't tuck your T-shirt in. But if you're wearing jeans, tuck the (laughs) T-shirt in. I tell honestly, Sinead, if I said anything like that to Ramona, she wouldn't speak to me ever again. I can't even have that conversation with her. And the sort of conversations that I have with Ramona, like, when I say conversations, I mean tantrums. With Ramona and Lola, they both have... Ri- I mean, I don't know what socks ever did to them, but the, it's the seams in the socks and the placement of the seams around their toes. Both of them are fucking insane about it. Lola's now got this wild thing about socks and how she wants a pair of socks on in the daytime and in the nighttime she wants a pair of socks on, but they have to be a different pair of socks. On some days, she requests a specific pair of socks that are obviously in the wash. <laughs> And kicks off if we don't get them. Darcy won't wear socks in the house. Her feet are constantly frozen. At any given time, that child's feet are like blocks of ice. She will not keep socks on. Ramona refuses not to wear socks, but complains endlessly about wearing socks. What what did we have? So one of the tantrums we had last, the demon tantrums, one of them was because we were playing a word game with her. It's called like Word Up or something. It's It's kind of like Guess Who versus Scrabble. Yeah, it's good. It's a cool game. We were playing it. Ramona lost a round. Oh, I also have a very sore loser. <laughs> so fucking kicked right off. And then me and Dave said to her, I don't want to play with you if this is how you're going to react every time you lose. And I mean, she may as well just flip to the table. That, In fact, that's the tantrum where she tried to kick the door down. Because she lost a round, one round yeah, of a word game. Yeah, Darcy lost at Princess Double. And you would have thought that someone had just slaughtered me in front of her. But can I ask you this? Because we've been playing a lot of top trumps, right? Uh-huh. And every time... So Ramona is the sorest of losers. Same. Yeah, I mean, maybe they should try and play double together because Jesus Christ. No, do you end them? Yeah. But when she wins... I'm the winner. I'm the winner. And you're like... And Darcy will be like, if any, if like she's the winner and winner, she's like, loser, loser. <laughs> If you did that to them, but they lost. I I did do it just to wind her up a couple of weeks ago. It it went really badly. Really badly. You thought this would be funny. Yeah, it wasn't funny at all. She picked up the... We were playing Snakes and Ladders, and I'd just finished putting it in the box. She picked up the Snakes and Ladders box and hurled it across the kitchen. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we had had Tantrum from Ramona when she said, can I have some crisps? And I said, yes. Lola then said, Monster Munch. And I said, fine. And Ramona went and said, I don't want Monster Munch, I want What's It. And I'd come in, so, no, before she said What's It, Lola said Monster Munch, went into the kitchen, yellow Monster Munch for Lola, purple Monster Munch for Ramona, brought them into the lounge. Ramona says, I don't want Monster Munch, I want What's It. Okay, Ramona. So Lola says, I don't want yellow Monster Munch, I want purple Monster Munch. Okay, Lola, take the purple bag. I went to go and get the Watsits. By the time I'd come back, Ramona had lost her shit. And we had like a full-blown, like 45-minute tantrum, which resulted in me having to like force them to the car because I was supposed to be late to my grandma's. I was a bit late to my grandma. She's 93. Got there and spent most of the day trying not to cry because, and it transpires, that Ramona was annoyed that I had given Lola her purple Monster Munch. 
You know the purple monster munchkins she didn't want because she wanted what's it? Them ones. Yeah, I know, mate. I know, pal. It's insane, isn't it? <laughs> it's just ridiculous. And I think as well, I don't think boys have tantrums as bad as girls do. No, I think they do. They do. I think they might present more sort of like angry. I think Ramona has boy tantrums. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think the way the, the sort of tantrum she has could be quite like boyish. Darcy has like physical thrashing, screaming. But I don't think boys are, boys don't reach that boiling point. As easily as girls, yeah. Do. Gen- like generally speaking, do you think that they're they? It's we're still in a position where they're able to kind of like have an outlet for that more often with the games that they play and the way that like the, the being more physical, maybe or not? Perhaps I don't know. I don't know to be honest. Like it's it'd be something. I do want to do an episode this year about the differences of parenting boys and girls. Yeah. So hard, isn't it? Because we're sort of we're all trying not to do that now, yeah. Aren't we all of us? But very conscious. But I, it's so I hard. think that inherently there are differences between between boys and girls, mm. and yeah, part of it is due to like down to socialization, yeah. But I think that that there are just like chemical differences, yeah, yeah. between well, boys yeah. and girls. Yeah, there has to be, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, I think dealing with the physical tantrums is really difficult especially when you are burnt out yeah because you're you're already like being burnt out means you're teetering on this precipice right yeah and those physical noisy violent tantrums they don't just like cause you to like having a mildly poorly tummy can cause me to like wobble on this precipice yeah Having one of these like yeah. violent physical tantrums yeah. being done at me, yeah. it doesn't just give me a wobble, it sends me hurtling off the cliff. Yeah, me too. And I think the hardest thing about it is that kids are still, because they're so little and their tantrums are kind of, um, they are, well, they're, because they're little. Don't know what I'm trying to say here. But, <laughs> Their tantrums, they once they have ha- got it out of their system, they quite quickly go back to normal, don't they? Yeah. So I find with Ramona, she'll have like one of the worst tantrums in her life. And then once she's calmed down and we've talked to her about it, she's suddenly back to being completely normal. Mm-hmm. But for me, that's me gone for the whole day. Oh, yeah. Because I'm it, broken. Like you've mentioned before, it's like activating fight or flight. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, and then you're there, then in fight fly mode for the whole day. They've got over their tantrum. Your like, whole body is so flooded yeah. with like cortisol, yeah, and yeah. adrenaline, yeah. And you, and because you just have to go back to parenting them and acting yeah. normal, there's nowhere for all of that to go. No, and because you're burnt out, you don't have fucking time to go and do some exercise or like journal and meditate about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just go to bed and you stew on it. Yeah, yeah. And most of that stewing brings us very nicely back to the beginning of the conversation, which is I'm shit. Yeah. That's exactly what that's exactly what I did. When Ramona had her big tantrum, her biggest of them all, the Geno's disaster of 2024, um, I 
I had to lie in bed and cry for five hours. You know what I think we should do this what? year? Is keep a spreadsheet right? on when all of our children have tantrums and then do like oh, tantrums yes. wrapped. Tan- yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. We should. And I'm going to make a PowerPoint. A PowerPoint presentation. Like, in the Spotify style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your most listened to tantrum this year is crisp flavour. Not being allowed a cheese string. <laughs> yeah. Oh, tantrum wraps. We should definitely do that. I love that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just had to, I have to just sit and cry for a long time. Yeah. And then once, and you know how it feels when you've had a big cry. But sometimes I'm so past it that I can't cry. Like yeah. I'm just so past it. And most of the time, because I have to like, because I have to like cope and deal with it and be a human being, I'm like, I will have a cry later. Yeah. And then sometimes I've just like, I've been so worked up for like, whether it be days or like weeks, I have to schedule in time with myself to have a little cry. To have a cry. Oh, wow. I can't do that. I can't, I have to just cry if I want to, if I'm going to cry, I'm going to cry. Or sometimes I just have to wait for the, something to push me over the edge. No. I do like to force myself, though, to have a cry Get in the shower. Into the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have a slide down the side of the shower. Sit on the shower floor, yeah. 2nd of January. Aww. Found myself sat on the shower floor sobbing. Oh, mate. And I also always have to have a cry when I'm hungover. Yeah, hangover cries are good. They hit. Yeah, they hit. Yeah, hangover cries. I don't remember the last time I had a hangover cry. Shall we talk about something a bit more positive? Yeah, go on then. Uh, Different ways that we can try and pull ourselves out of bed. Oh, shit. Okay. (laughs) The thing I do want to mention, though, is that, like, scientifically, apparently it takes your body, like, two years plus to recover after having been burnt out so i'm not sure how that applies to parenthood because does that mean when our kids are then like they don't need us so much so say when our kids go to uni will we just be then in like recovery burnout for, for two, two years and two then years. we'll be normal again two years two they turn 18 we take ourselves off to the seaside for two years <laughs> or to some kind of to a spa town a retreat <laughs> we'll go and live in bath yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be nice. Well, I know I don't I don't know what you're talking about. Like I do, but I don't know like scientifically like what the research is. But I do know that like I've seen a lot of clips with psychologists talking about how parenting is like your your body and your brain is dealing in the same way as like a very high functioning job, such as being in the army or being a surgeon. Or any like high pressure stressed job. Yeah, my That's brain thinks like the fucking head of MI6. <laughs> yeah. I actually just parent one quite difficult six year old who'll make a great spy. But no, they, they it's like your brain the, the 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 stress that it puts on your body and your on your brain is the same as having like the job of a surgeon, but actually it's harder because you actually, you know, care about the thing that you're, you're and you can't clock off you can't clock off and you've got so th- i remember seeing this interview with this psychologist is like you you have absolutely no idea how stressful it is being a parent because it's like imagine i can't imagine being a surgeon but i can't can't imagine for a second how stressful that is but what they're telling you is actually no it's more stressful than that because you really really love the thing that you're working for yeah because <laughs> you like literally their life depends on you so i mean mainly we need to cut ourselves a bit more slack yeah, I think 
it just goes back to just being a little bit more kind to ourselves. Nobody's paying me a surgeon's wage. Fucking wish. And I, I, let me tell you, I'd I'd rather have a go at a liver transplant than deal with the Geno's disaster of 2024. And yeah, I would definitely rather have a go at a liver transplant than undergo one of Darcy's tantrums. I don't However, think the recipient of the liver transplant would agree with me. When their liver ends up fucking sewn to their armpit. <laughs> Actually, Dr. O'Sullivan, I think I'd prefer you go and talk to your daughter. <laughs> I'm like a scalpel in hand. No! Tembley! She wants to play double again! <laughs> oh, and then all of the like boring bullshit things that people say to you like this is going to be good for your mental health oh why don't you drink some water it's good for your mental drink health oh why don't you eat healthily well, give me some paracetamol then and I'll drink some water <laughs> well why don't you eat healthily it'll be good for your mental health why don't you go for a walk it'll be good for your mental health why don't you do some yoga <laughs> how about you take my fucking children away from me oh why don't you do some journaling or some meditation and like my brain is hostile territory. I don't want to be spending any more time with it than, not, than absolutely necessary. <laughs> I never want to know what eldritch horrors would be unleashed in my mind if I tried to meditate. I think it. I think every time I've tried to meditate, I've been like, "You're breathing wrong, and you can't count properly." <laughs> <laughs> so man, so I'm shit at meditating. So do you want to know what is the most infuriating thing about all of this is that all of that boring annoying shit advice actually works yeah i know mate it really does oh who would have thought that maybe drinking two liters of water a day makes you not feel dehydrated and awful i have to i have to take the dog like my only the only thing that keeps honestly keeps me sane i mean dave is one of them because he's a fucking rock (laughs) thank you dave but one of the things that keeps me sane is that I walk the dog very early every morning for about an hour and 15 minutes. And if I didn't do that, I would go mad. And I also force myself to exercise. And even though I do have a problematic relationship with exercise, it definitely, definitely makes me better. Mm. Definitely makes me better. And also it's like, it's quite uh, empowering. So I do like hit training and it's like, you know, like insane shit. It's the sort of sort of exercise I like to do at the miniature stage, which just goes to show how burnt out and stressed I am. Because the sort of exercise I enjoy is the sort of exercise where they say, you know, burpees, the hardest exercise in the world. Let's make them 10 times harder than normal. That's the sort of shit I do. But it, well, it does work because I only do half an hour. Do half an hour two or three times a week and it fucking kills me. See, the thing is, I am just such a sleepy girl. You're so, so sleepy. I have... So, so sleepy. The only exercise, really, that I've enjoyed is pole. Loved going to to pole. And I also really enjoy doing yoga. But I am really bad at forcing myself to do things like exercise. In what way are you bad at... What do you mean? You're bad at, like, the motivation to do it or you feel guilty for forcing yourself to do it? I just have no motivation to do it. I, even though I know that it will make me feel better, I really struggle to actually force myself to go out for a walk. Mm. Or I mean, I think one of the things that really helps me, it sounds like really obvious and stupid, but there is absolutely no way I would exercise if I didn't make myself do it in the morning. Mm. If I don't do it, like the first thing that I do, like we get up and get ready 
and I I eat my breakfast really quickly and then I'm out the fucking door with the, that dog mm. and I'm walking as quick. I, my mum, who is notoriously uh, like very, very good at exercise, <laughs> she took Dobby for a walk quite recently and she was like, that dog walks so fast, Rosie, and I think she walks at your pace. So you're insane. So like I, I force myself to go for a very, very fast walk and it's the first thing I do. See, then it's I, done. last week I was like, right, I'm going to get up early and I'm going to go for a walk every day because my mum leaves for work at 7.30. Mm-hmm. So if I got up at, say, 6, mm-hmm. I could go for a good hour walk, walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and be back yeah. before my mum left for work. Yeah. So like, like everything would be fine with Darcy. It wouldn't be that like she'd be yeah, left yeah. at home. My alarm would go off at 6 o'clock every morning. Uh-huh. And I would be like, I just want to stay in bed. And I can't, like, that forcing myself out of bed when it was so cold. Yeah, And I was so sleepy. When it's so, so hard for me. One of the things for me is that, like, um, and I'm in a very lucky position that I can do it because I, I go for a walk with Dobby on the days where Dave works from home, which means he can take Ramona to school. But on the days that he does go to work, I take Dobby and Lola for a walk as soon as I've dropped Ramona off. The key to that is that, like, I'm not forcing myself to do anything. The kids are up. Mm-hmm. And actually, most, like, 90% of the time, that walk I'm doing is taking me away from them. Yeah. So I don't know, like, the, it's 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 all right saying, like, oh, I could just go really, really early in the morning. But that's not actually helping you in terms of parenting. Mm-hmm. What you need is to be able to do exercise that also takes you away from your kid for an hour. Yeah. Because that's kind of the point. Yeah. That gives me an hour of headspace. I can put my headphones in. I don't have to think because about Because once them. I'm out, so I went for a couple of walks this week, and once I'm out and I've got, like, my podcast about Nazi yeah, yeah. Germany it's fine. blaring in my ears, yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm ha- I could go for yeah. hours. Yeah. yeah. But it's actually doing it. It's like that course having that catalyst to make me start doing it so did you know that it's it is um it's supposed to take over six weeks for a routine to become sort of like habitual in your brain Mm. so if you do something for six weeks then it's more likely that you'll carry on doing it and then if you stop it you stop doing that thing it's like the opposite effect happens. It's going to take you another six weeks to get back into it. Yeah. Which is why it's so hard. If you start something and you don't do it for very long, that's why it's much easier to quit. So you have to stick at something for at least six weeks. And and then it kind of, the, the longer you do it, the better that that gets. Yeah. And it's harder for you to stop. Um, Like that sound. So I think one of the problems with exercise now and also eating as well, I think like the whole healthy eating thing is that, because every single thing in our fucking lives is presented to us as something that can happen immediately. Mm-hmm. Like if you want something, anything in the world, go on Amazon, it'll come the next day. And if I go on another website and it says, oh, shipping three to five days, fuck three to five days. Go fuck yourself. How dare you not bring this thing to me the very next day? You know, yeah. we expect it. We expect things immediately. Yeah. And the problem with like, our brains is that we are still cavemen and things take a long time to work Mm. and so i think like with exercise i think that's why so many people like struggle with with that sort of thing because i struggle with it all the time is like you expect results and it's just not possible so you need to like 
completely lengthen your fate like your but even failure then it's like i'm not i don't want results from going for a walk no you just want to i just want know. to know that i'm looking after my body yeah and i'm yeah. going for a walk like and and then it this is just another thing for another stick for me to beat myself with yeah of course more sticks more sticks all the time like yeah. i've not got a whole cupboard full of sticks i've got a cupboard full of sticks <laughs> anyone says this anything was meant to be me. the positive bit of the podcast i'm talking about beating myself with a stick we've literally got a, we've got an invisible cupboard of sticks at home shall we just put it out there for our listeners please tell us how we can recover from being so chronically burnt out, out all of the time you're right though no like let's Let's do more positives. The, ex- the exercise thing and the eating thing is definitely something. However, the caveat to that is that's also very difficult because that's problematic for all of us all of the time, yeah. and especially when you're burnt out. But there can be tiny, tiny little things. We speak a bit about this very often, Sinead. Little and treats. Exactly. Little treats. Take, take yourself out for a walk to buy yourself a, a little, little treat. treat. Go to the shop, buy yourself your favourite sweetie maybe go and get yourself a nice moisturiser from Lush to put on your face. Get a new shower gel. Yeah. Things like that. Do little things. A little bunch of flowers. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so burnt out, but I feel really guilty about... I don't want to get a takeaway because it's too unhealthy. Go to, like, get get like a poke bowl or something. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, treat yourself to something a bit different. Yeah. That's not, like, super, super bad for you. You know? Yeah. Go to or a just, gig. Yeah. Or, yeah, go to a gig is a good one. Or just, like, see if you can get someone else to look after your children for a day and just r- give yourself permission to rot. Read a book. Yes. I've been reading a lot, actually. Um. Well, I'm now reading my fourth book of 2024. Wow, that's really good. Mm-hmm. I am reading i'm i'm now on to my second chapter of 2024 <laughs> well i bought myself a kindle last year mm-hmm. and in on like the day after boxing day they had a big sale on a lot of books like kindle books so you just got a load so i got a load so i've got loads to read loads i'm really excited to read about as well loads of books i'm really excited to read um, so i've been I think I'm trying, actively trying to recover myself from burnout in January. And a lot of that is just giving myself permission to be so, so sleepy. So, so sleepy. Giving myself permission to go to bed early. Giving giving myself permission to ignore my alarm clock. Yeah. And not go for a walk in the morning. Absolutely. I think that is good. Giving Giving myself permission to go downstairs and have a cup of tea and six biscuits yeah. at 11 o'clock. You know, just being like, yeah. just being a bit more forgiving of myself. Yeah, more forgiving is definitely the big one, isn't it? Definitely. And just trying to ease myself into the new year rather than like try and run straight out of the chaos of Christmas Yeah, into like being an entirely new person. I think what you're saying actually is kind of the opposite of what we're, and I think you're correct, but it's the opposite of what we're sort of been trained societally to do in January. We are taught that we're supposed to change everything, get up and go, motivation, New Year's resolutions. I'm going to join a gym. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. All of those things in January. I think the opposite should be true. I think in January, you should give that yourself that whole month to do exactly the opposite. Mm-hmm. 
in January, we give ourselves permission because it's the time, you know, before the Industrial Revolution, January would have been the time where everybody did exactly nothing. Yeah. Because you physically couldn't. It's too cold. There's no fucking work on the ground to do. You can't do farming. You've got to like, you've got to keep yourselves warm. You've got to conserve energy. It's that, that whole thing of like in, in the winter months, it was, it was like n- normal for you to actually put weight on because you physically needed it to stay yeah. alive. So all of those things I think should be true now. It's like January should be about lions. You're not supposed to wake up when it's fucking dark. Yeah, lions and like I've also been trying to really prioritise like warm, nourishing, yeah, like delicious, like Mm -hmm. soups and Mm -hmm. stews and like warming, nice things. Yeah, of course. No one wants to wake up on january the 13th and eat a bowl of fucking salad yeah and go for go for a run outside and but also like if you're if that's something you like doing that makes you feel good fantastic that's wonderful but i think it's like i think what we're trying to say is that we've all been trained to think that we should do the same thing to make ourselves better and actually it's not that at all yeah new year's resolutions about get up and go and motivation probably only work for half of the population not even that and it shouldn't be sold to as something for 100 percent of the population yeah it should be sold to the part of the population that want to do it in january i'm just a sleepy little dormouse i want to be a little sleepy kitten reading books watching telly watching true crime and crime thrillers by harlan coburn yeah and eating and another thing that i was thinking about like i because i knew i know that i kind of went off grid a little bit between Christmas and like going into the new year, me too. Is pal. like prioritizing connection mm. with your friends, yeah, and like yeah. finding moments to prioritize connection with your your child as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, and it's very difficult when your child just doesn't want to be connected with because they just want to shout and scream at you. Well, they do. They do want to be connected with you, but only only by them screaming and throwing things at you. Yeah, yeah, which um, is not okay. But I was like, I want to find time to be able to, like, tell all my friends how much I love them and appreciate their company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Things like that. But also, the, that's the hard thing about that, because I, I think that was one of the things I was going to say when we were talking about, let's talk about positives, is like my my reaction, one of my symptoms of burnout, as we said, is just ghosting, just disappearing, because I just want to hibernate. Um but that's where I I think I need my friends because I don't want to burden them, so I disappear. Yeah. And actually what happened to me this week is that I saw, well, I'm here now, which is helping, obviously, but like I went to see Beth for a little while and then I went round to Sean's house for dinner with Sean and Rianne and just talking to those people about my problems was very nourishing. But I kid myself that it's not. I kid myself that speaking to my friends about my problems isn't going to work because it will just annoy them and make me feel worse. So I decide to just disappear. It's okay to go and hibernate. I think that's definitely one of the things you can do in January is just like disappear for a bit, go off grid if you want to. Mm -hmm. But I think I, I still need, I know now that I still need reminding that it is okay to go to my friends when I'm struggling and talk to them. Yeah. And that, that that's not going to piss them off. Like, that's literally what you're there for. Yeah. And me going, oh, I don't want to... I Like, saying to my friends, oh, I don't want to put a downer on all my problems. And they're like, 
Um, no, that's a, exactly what you should do, actually. Yeah, like, um, we're friends with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of our job to it's listen kind of, to all yeah. your problems. Yeah, and and actually, like, walking away from those situations made me feel really, like, loads better. Yeah. And in fact, I said to you, didn't I? I was like, you know, I've been an absolute hermit. But I think complaining about my children on a microphone with you will probably make me feel better. And has it? it? Definitely has. It definitely has. 100%. Uh, So shall we wrap it up there for now? I think we've spoken enough about uh, burnout, haven't we? Yeah, I think this is definitely one that we should revisit in the future, though. Yeah. Maybe with a bit more of, like, the science. Yeah, we'll do some actual research. Uh, we're actually too burnt out to do research at the minute. We're so, so, um, so sleepy. Because we're so, so sleepy. Can't do research when we're <laughs> sleepy. So, Rosie, <laughs> give me your love of the week. Um, my love of the week um, is that in oh, two weeks' time, I will be attending two book launches for a book that I have illustrated by the poet Jess Green. I've spoken about her before, but I will speak about her again because it's very important. So Jess Green is an amazing poet and she's written a book called Dressed as Love, which is the best book I've ever owned. And also I have illustrated it. <laughs> it has my pictures in it. So that um, opinion is not biased at all. Not biased at all, but it is. Like her, her poems move me to tears and are like so so important and empowering and beautiful and moving and she has got two book launches so one of them is at Attenborough Arts in Leicester on the 28th is it 27th or 28th 27th 27th god almighty um it's very important that you buy tickets for it because there are not many left in fact I think there are like 10 left I've got my ticket Sinead's coming. I've got. Fr- it's going to be so good. So she's going to do a poetry reading of some of the books. Our good friends, Boilers, who are a all friends of the pod, Boilers. Yes, friends of the pod, Boilers, who are an all female punk band, will be doing a set as well. And I think there's like an open mic slot or something. I'm not sure if that's been taken. And also, I'm making a shit ton of merch, and I'm like super hyped about my t-shirt designs. I'm in love with them i think i'm more in love with them because like they're based on someone else's stuff rather than mine you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. so like i feel like i'm not taking all the credit which is why i love them more yeah they're also like they're based on her poems um but they're gonna be sick i've been hand dyeing t-shirts and i'm gonna be screen printing them next week and they're gonna be great so yeah please come to that and then she's also got her book launch on the 2nd of february at unity theater in liverpool and i will also be there with my merch yeah. So that's going to be great. So you can get tickets on Eventbrite for that. So that's my love of the week. Whoop whoop. What's your love of the week? My love of the week is I've got musical love of the week. Oh, go on then. I've been listening to a lot of Boy Genius recently. I've heard about Boy Genius. I don't, I like, I've heard good stuff. And I think the snippets that I've heard have been very good. So maybe it's something I should give a go. They're very good. Give me um, some, give me some, like, some reasons why. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I am not one. I don't tend to like explore new music very often. Like uh-huh. I know what I like and I listen to what I like a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or I'll just like listen to a random playlist that's for a specific occasion. Like I have cleaning playlists and things yeah. like that. Yeah. But this, um, when Spotify picks music for you in your, they've got that playlist that they make for you every day. Yeah. This came up and. I have been listening to lots and lots of Hosier as usual. 
Um, and it's this came up on my like hosier adjacent playlist, and uh, I know because I I really enjoy Phoebe Bridges, and I was kind of aware of Boy Genius, but hadn't actually listened to them. And I yeah. listened to their album all the way through, and it is just gorgeous. Okay, so, like their harmonies are beautiful. There's one song called "Not Strong Enough." Mm-hmm. which is my favourite song off the album. I think it might be like the lead single off the album, but it's really, really good. And it has like a repeating like line as the bridge and the, the line is always an angel, never a god. Mm-hmm. And it's like these three women and they have this like progr- like crescendo harmony of this line. And I think it's just really interesting because it's talking about like how as a woman you can be like, the pinnacle of female achievement uh-huh. you will st- you will still only be an angel you'll be like the sidekick yeah to what a man can be yeah Ooh, which is a nice and like that the lyrics are stunning they're all individually exceptionally good artists yeah um the music makes me cry it's so like full of feminine rage as well which is something that I... Oh, well, in that case, I'm going to have to do another Love of the Week, which is a song that I've listened to at least 10 times every day this week. And I'm going to play it to you in the car on the way home. If you want female rage, they're in a band called the Lambrini Girls and they're a punk band and they are mm. fucking ace. And they have got a song, which is my new favourite song ever. It's called Boys in the Band. And it's basically about like abuse in the music industry. And it is just... like It's so punk... But it's just it's just her screaming about boys being substandard and like awful to women, <laughs> and it's great. It's really good, and I can't wait to play it to you. Oh, I'm very soon. It's so good. It's so punk. Like she's screaming, she's screaming, and it's great. I love it. Oh, wonderful. Okay, what's your loathe of the week? My loathe of the week is the cost of living crisis. Oh, is it? <laughs> Why so? <laughs> um, and like this is obviously. You know, I'm in a very priv- privileged position and uh-huh. like I've got a lot to be grateful for. There are people in much worse uh-huh. situations than I am. But I was looking because I'm like, it's so cold. I just want to be on holiday. Yeah. So I was looking to book ahead for a summer holiday or maybe like a holiday in October to get some sun and get like a break. Yeah. It's so fucking expensive. I know. I want to go. I want to go to Hotel Estelle again. I want us all to go to Hotel Estelle with the kids. And I was going to push it to you. I was like, we should try and go on some holidays. And I've not done it yet because I just don't know if we can afford it. It's so, it's so expensive. It's ridiculous. Because I I'd like regardless of whether it's Estelle or wherever, I I would really like to go on holiday with you and the kids. Mm. But what? can we afford it? <sighs> yeah, that's a problem. Um, at the minute, my thought is to wait until like wait and get a last minute deal because you can get really good last minute yeah. deals like uh, that week the week the first week of the summer holidays where everyone else is still at school i also have no qualms about pulling darcy out to go on holiday yeah to make it cheaper yeah that's none true. whatsoever yeah uh, i just want a week somewhere hot somewhere hot please i just want to be a lizard being a happy little lizard in the sunshine is what gives me my batteries back you've yeah. seen it happen 
Being in the water is what gives me my batteries. Give us our warm water, warm sunshine. Give us our, give us our, what's the opposite of burnout? What's the opposite of burnout? I fucking know. The opposite of that. That is what the sunshine does to us. Yeah. Oh, we've just got that. We've just got sad, sad disorder, haven't we? We really do. But yeah, I'm just like, and especially as a single parent, to pay to take myself and Darcy away. It's so expensive. Yeah, it's crazy. Like it makes it cheaper yeah. if I'm like I don't qualify for a child place because I'm a lone parent. You really, have to have two full paying adults to get a free child place. I wonder if there's a way we can. I wonder if there's a way around that. If there's like if we can get someone to come that's an adult without a child. I don't know. We'll figure but it out. What adult without a child Please. is going to come on holiday with us and our children, Rosie? Well, if we present the Hotel Esteval to them, you never know. <laughs> I'm so, so, I just want to go there again. <laughs> okay? I just want to go to Esteval again when it's hot. Please. Please make it happen. Yes. We'll have a look. We'll have a look. Come on, Tui. You can do it. Tui, if you're listening. Tui, if you're listening. Shout out. to go back to the Esteval at a better price than you're currently offering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In the summer when it's hot. Yes, but it's when it doesn't rain for two days. <laughs> um, my loaves of the week is chocolate coins. <laughs> it, and it's not it's not that I don't like chocolate coins. I love chocolate coins. So it's first of all, it's that I love chocolate coins. Mm-hmm. And so I need to stop eating chocolate coins. Those cheeky little gorgeous little nuggets of chocolate because uh, chocolate coins are typically, typically given to children. Um, I have got to stop eating my kids chocolate coins because they don't have any left and i keep eating them but the other problem is because i keep eating my kids chocolate coins so they don't have any and every time like ramona notices she's like you've eaten all my chocolate coins i'm like oh here's another chocolate thing instead um but now because it's not christmas anymore there are no chocolate coins Uh, like tell me why chocolate coins have to be specifically christmas related yeah it's weird isn't it please can you just sell chocolate coins all of the time please because I got Darcy Percy Pig chocolate coins for Christmas. Oh, and nice. they were like pink chocolate. Oh, cheeky! They yeah, were... can't go now though, can you? No. So, um, <laughs> I, my loathe of the week is: can chocolate coins please be available all year round? Not not Easter eggs because there's it, currently Easter eggs in our local co-op. Yeah, there was Easter I mean, eggs in my local Tesco on. The day before New Year's Eve. And they're called Easter eggs because they're eggs, chocolate eggs that you have at Easter. Chocolate coins are not called Christmas chocolate coins. They're called chocolate coins. I don't, like, we use money all year round. Why not? Why not? <laughs> yeah, chocolate I fucking know round. we use money all we, year round. We use money yeah, all year round so much that we can't afford a holiday. But, but chocolate coins, I mean, that's the little treat that I should be allowed to have. It, not just in December. Yes. Okay. Okay. So every single supermarket listening, sort that fucking out. If you want to sort the cost of living crisis out, maybe start with chocolate coins. Letting us pay in chocolate coins. Start with chocolate coins and then work your way up to normal coins, please. Yeah. Thank and you. on that note, and on that note, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. The government can go fuck itself. Yeah. Okay. Fuck Rishi Sunak. Thank and you. Let's see prick. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Oh, by the way, we've been the Amateur Milk Society. Follow us at Amateur Milk Society and all of that. Goodbye. Goodbye.